1: Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess.
2: Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. Uh, We are the Quirky Dog Podcast, as you well know, and we have a very special guest here today. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. Let me get the pig. Yep, we got the pink pig because we're representing those females.
1: So we're going to be talking about um, pit bulls here primarily today. And my tip would be if you have a pit bull or a, a bully breed, Uh, That you get a weighted vest and get some exercise with them on a weighted vest, just to burn a little bit of that energy off. It just maybe tone them down, just maybe just (laughs) one notch.
2: If your pit bull is fit and uh, you can incorporate that safely, weighted vest. If he's already if he's already fat,
1: don't start (laughs) with the vest. Just right.
2: Today we have um this awesome pit bull sport dog trainer from California. She's really just a badass bitch. Um, and she's one of Scott's oldest and dearest friends. So Larry Hansen, welcome so much, and thanks for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks, Larry.
2: Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank nice you. To be here.
1: I wanna say real quick, you're the very first working dog person I met.
2: Oh, you're I got I first. have you to blame.
1: And I <laughs> met you I met you at the Schutzen Club in um Long Beach, I think it was. And uh, I showed up there and you said nice to meet you. Membership is closed, (laughs) (laughs) but you're welcome to watch. (laughs) Then I thought, wow, she's kind of, she's kind of, she's kind of strong. uh, You know,
0: not a a lot has changed as far as, I like to keep the club numbers low. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, I know. But, uh, but it's a good way with these clubs to find out who's serious. Are people going to keep coming? Are they easily discouraged? Because it's a huge commitment. I look at you now. I know. I got sucked in.
2: Yeah, you guys. I, I should have
1: taken your advice and just walked away at that <laughs> no, point. No, that's
2: why I said I have her to blame now that I know it was Larry. And you guys went on to, you guys did um All Breed Ringers with Adrian for a while, right? Like the three of you, that was like.
1: Yeah, and that club. You had your own going. damn
2: club after that. So thanks for letting him in the club.
1: Yeah, well, Larry, <laughs> yeah. Larry, you're responsible. You're the one that said, you called me and said, hey, let's get together and start a little club and all that. And, and it really. You know, go ahead.
0: Sorry, Scott. What I remember is seeing you at a Walid um seminar in Arizona and you yep. were there with um what was his name, the dog aggressive one? Uh, Loco?
1: Me, yeah. Yes, yes, was, yes, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, the Shitchan yeah, yeah. dog, yes, yes.
0: Uh-huh. And um and you said, hey, you know, let's let's work dogs sometime. And I, and and that's how we started connecting once uh, we got back to California. Right, right. Yeah, I know. You started going down to Philippe's for a long time to learn how to work dogs. Yeah. Did we drive to Arizona together with
1: uh, Feather, or was that another one we did? Because we, well, we got to know each other well on that long drive. <laughs> I mean, we I learned a lot of personal stuff about you on that drive, and you yeah. about me.
0: Yeah, yeah. that uh, I, I think it was that trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: All yeah. right. So Arizona to California, there's a ton of history here. Um, and yeah, the working dog thing. I mean, we're not, I guess we're not actively competing in it anymore, but you no. still are right, Larry. I mean, you have,
0: I'm trying to, I, I took a couple of years off and now I'm just starting to come back. Now I have been handling a, actually a really cool, um, French ring three campaign three German shepherd bitch, uh, with one of the clubs that I currently belong with Jean-Luc and Bethany at PHK yeah. nine. Um, just to kind of get my feet back into it again. So, and then, yeah, I have some other dogs that I'm bringing up. Yeah. Helping, fingers crossed.
2: Yeah. Cool. That was,
1: that was the club that hosted the trial that I went yeah, out that, to with Cousteau, I think.
2: Yeah. Okay. I yeah. Think so. yeah. 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 I think so. It was them. Yeah. yeah. I think so. All right. So let's talk about pit bulls because that's really like Larry's claim to fame. And, ironically for those of you who don't know outside of this German Shepherd she has now and the Malinois she's competed with, Larry has been extremely successful in French ring with American Pit Bull Terriers, which is a huge feat.
1: Yeah. And Schutzen too, right? Yeah. You started in Schutzen, I think, right? Started
0: in Schutzen. And, and I wouldn't say extremely successful. Thank you for that, Jess. But, um, I reached my goals. <laughs> Success in, in my opinion, as far as a sport dog, is a dog who competes at a high level, at a competitive high level on a regular basis with good passing scores, and I didn't necessarily have that. I was, if I could get a passing score, I was, who Thank goodness that nah, I can mark that one off the bucket list. But
1: is it? Am I correct in thinking that you had the first, the first or second pit bull to get a ring three on a Cassie, pit bull? Cassie, right?
2: Was that, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's that's no small feat. That's success, Larry. Let's let's. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean. Let's- you know. No, well, that's what I mean, but it's an off breed, and that's yeah. why you were so adamant about the name. You want it to be all breed ringers because a lo- there's a lot of you know snobbery in these uh, different sports. You can't do this sport with anything but this breed, and right. uh, you know. And I even regretted um, originally when I came to you. I had the English Mastiff uh, when I went to the Schutzen <laughs> Club. And everyone said, you can't do anything with that. You need to go get a shepherd. or And I'm I'm like, okay, well, what do I got to get? And in retrospect, I'm sure I could have competed with that dog because her... she you probably great, could have
2: had better control. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, obviously she wouldn't have been a high-level dog, but she loved to bite and she was very enthusiastic about work. And I just shell, didn't pursue that because I wanted to do... And it was an ego thing. I wanted to do what was right, what's best, what's the best dog, because I wanted to have success, which goes back to... It, for me, in the beginning, there was some, a lot of ego involved. I didn't want to look stupid. I didn't want to look incompetent. And I wanted the best chance I possibly could have of actually competing. But then, after doing it for several years, I felt I didn't really care about all of that side of it. And then I took the Border Collie and was able to <laughs> actually go and do a Brevet with the Border Collie, which is not the typical dog, but it was fun, you know?
2: If we could train I, with Patrice, if we moved and we trained with Patrice all the time, we'd probably get a two on the damn board, Collie. <laughs> it's just, I it's, you yeah, it's just hard. So tell us how long have you been with the breed, the Pitbulls? Like, how long and how did this passion start? And just give us a little background on your like origin here.
0: Okay. Um, So I took care of a dog. It was half Pitbull, half Black Lab for a friend for about a year, but she looked like a Pitbull, but she had the temperament of a lab. She still had some fire, too. Um, so I kind of started thinking, this is, this is a really neat dog. She was a wonderful dog. And then my husband had a pit bull when we started dating. Um, he was, he was a a tough dog, very (laughs) aggressive dog. Yeah. My husband was not super responsible. I mean, we were kids at the time and he was not super responsible with him. And then when we actually decided to, um, commit to each other, he says, well, we got to get our own because that one lived at his mom and dad's house. And, um. So I got Frazier and Fraser was Rosie's father. And Fraser, we got out of the Penny Saver, if you remember back in the day. Scott, you know, mm-hmm. it was a free magazine. Yeah, um, two hundred and fifty dollars for a UKC registered old family red nose, and um, he was a good dog. He was a really good dog, and raised our kids up with him, and uh, went on to do some some breedings with him later on. But uh, Annette Cheek in Virginia, she had a a very well-known um, schutzen three bitch named uh, Cheeks Red Baroness, and Tom and Holly Rose had done the training on her and had competed her at nationals um, a couple times, and so she was tracing lineage and, and came back to me, knowing knowing that I did uh, obedience competition obedience, but I, I didn't know about sport work at the time. So when she contacted me, she asked if she could arrange to have him tested before she committed to to breeding and that's how I met Al Banuelos as well too. And he was my first, still is um, my mentor, but one of my first mentors in the sport world. And when I, um, when I saw this female and she says, you know, have so-and-so handle her and put her through her paces so you can see what she does. I was sold. I'm like, <laughs> it was just incredible. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine a pitbull having that type of, control and power and stability and, you know, all things good. So I wanted to, I wanted to do that also. So I'm that's kind
2: of how it. I'm all about it. Look oh, at her with her strong uh, female pit bulls and strong uh, female.
1: You were real lucky to know Al and still know Al. And I had the, the good fortune of working with him a few times and what a great guy too. What a nice guy yeah. and uh, just a, an amazing talent, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. I want to touch on um, this sex thing real quick because it's funny. I've been talking to Noelle and Noelle's like, well, you know, it's a male and I love pit bulls. I'm like, well, maybe you just like boys too, you know, because because I like, I'm a female, like Dog person, right? And Scott's like mm-hmm. you and your girls. So tell me a little bit about that because it was interesting even hearing that that you guys had gotten a male together and then you got this female. And I know Cassie was successful. So do you have a preference there for your own self personally with the breed as far as sex goes?
0: Yeah, that's great, Jess. I I didn't know I did because I, <laughs> I start with um, with males, yeah, I mean, Fraser and then uh, Goose and Capone, uh, Rommel. Um, but I've had the most success with the females. Yeah. So well, they're smarter. I, I look for females. Yeah. 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 But it's hard to find a good one.
2: Yeah, it is. Do you find that they're more independent or do you think they just have more tenacity? Like, what is it about them? Do you think, or is it just kind of luck of the draw? Do you think?
0: I, I think it's kind of luck of the draw, but you know, one of the things I really like about the name of your, your podcast too, is, um, like Cassie, she was quirky, yeah. like super, super quirky. Um, Rosie, who was my first Schutzen dog, Uh, she was very serious, very serious, um, a little bit aggressive, uh, and not just with other dogs, but she wasn't like super social with people. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, you know, I used to think I knew a little bit about dogs and the older (laughs) I get and the more dogs I'm around,
2: we know nothing. We know nothing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I feel the same way. Every
2: day is a brand new day, right? Like seriously. I'm the least
1: qualified person in the room.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> well, and not like that, but when today's training, the innovation that has come out of, uh, well, I, I guess a lot of it has to do with the internet and social media and all of that as well. But I think back now when I watched the training today and the online classes I've taken and the seminars I've gone to, and I'm like, I'm kind of blown away. And I think, how on earth did I ever even get a dog titled yeah. in the yeah. past? Yeah. It's, it's actually a little intimidating now if you're trying to stay you know, up to date with, you know, what people are doing today and, you know, the positive movement, which I love, um, because that's not how my dogs were taught. You know, Scott, it was, it was, I
1: have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) 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 No, I know. Uh, I know. Uh, I saw, you know, I was introduced to the electric collar early on and saw so many good things you could do with it. That I started to think, well, you can do anything with it, and it may, that may or may not be true, but there's certainly other ways of doing it. that're a lot easier on the dog and and have less fallout and things like that. you know so all the tools have a place, and if you want to be a good dog trainer, you should know how to use all of them, so you can grab whatever uh-huh. you need
2: agreed and agreed. like you're and so, saying keep learning right i mean like you're still expanding that toolbox like if you're yeah. if we're not if we're not staying up to date with the new stuff like we're not evolving as trainers and that's not to the that's to the detriment of our dogs you know really totally and agree i was going to um, say yeah.
1: go ahead go ahead larry
0: no i, I was just going to mention the other thing that has become um a high priority for me is and this is with pet or sport is is the dog's emotion
2: yeah you know the dogs, dogs don't have emotion. (laughs) Oh my God. Like when that argument happens, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to close my computer. (laughs) I'm like, but yeah, like it's true. It is. So explain that a little bit where you're coming from.
0: Well, just coming from, you know, the initial background of, you know, and, you know, I, I do agree dogs are dogs. Um, and I want them to, to behave and, um, they don't have to be social. A lot of dogs aren't social and still can be kept safely, you know, in, in neighborhoods or in society in general, but you know, the dogs have a really short life compared to ours. And if they're constantly crated or constantly yanked and cranked or always under the thumb, that's a really tough life. And it's just, in my opinion, not a good life. Yeah. I know there are some dogs that are so hard those ones should be at police departments yeah. you know, or, right. or uh, military yeah. um, because then they can really express who they are without being reprimanded for it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's just, I'm well, getting, I guess I'm getting soft in my old age. Well, I, oh, Scott I, I is agree too. you too. Are Joe. you kidding? <laughs> I, I feel the same way. And it's like, it's
1: also a tremendous amount of stress that's not even necessarily perceived on the part of the owner. You know, like I had, it, you remember that dog Dutch that I had? Who yes. was He was a handful, and I mm-hmm. was all enthusiastic about working him, and I made some decent progress with the dog. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize until I sold him how much headspace that dog took up every second of my waking life. Where is that dog? Mm-hmm. Who is he with now? Where am I going to keep him if I do this?
2: Where um, are my three young children while, yeah. <laughs> yeah. while I'm loading him into the car? Like all yeah. of that.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> You know, I had a. I I only had one pit bull that, excuse me, that was kind of, kind of like Dutch in a way. And, and I didn't get her till she was older. And actually it was a Capone daughter, a litter mate to, um, to Wes, the co own that I have with Hytrong. Um, I got her older. She had a little incident, she had a little bite incident. They were looking to move her. Um, she went to Jonathan Katz first cause mm-hmm. the owner. in Chicago? Couldn't... Yeah. hmm Yeah. Um. And then when I saw her on social media, I'm like, "Oh wow, you, you've got Nala. And, and looking at her work, looking at her do some bite stuff, I'm like, "Gosh, I, I missed the boat!" You know, when I when I didn't get that call in time. Jonathan says, "Larry, she's yours if, if you want her." So bless his heart, he arranged, uh, we arranged, and, and got her here. And I gave her, um, I, I gave her all the tools that I had um, at that time. You know, clicker and uh, toy and gentle and I, I just tried really hard
1: you got more tour, yeah. more tools than that larry come on but go ahead yeah. i'm listening <laughs>
0: um and i just she she broke me i just couldn't reach her yeah um could be good at home or in a very quiet environment but she, in my opinion she was never going to be trustworthy of being a competition dog and, uh, and in fact patrice um he saw her, yeah, you know, he worked her a little bit as well, and he says, uh, at her age it could be tough, yeah, and uh, he he was just being nice, I'm sure he was saying, no way, yeah. it's not gonna happen, um so yeah, those tough dogs it's hard, you know, we learn a lot from them though, yeah, huh? but That's i wanna for sure.
2: I wanna ex- talk about that because this is truly why. Um, Scott respects you from so many different, you know, dimensions, knowing you for so many years, but I think the fact that you are so responsible with the breed is something that's so important. So while you were saying that, that you had this dog that you didn't think would be safe for competition, like what did, what does that mean to you? Because this is now saying like, even if you could have, you know, won the championships with this dog, that wasn't worth it to you because there was risk. So what were the concerns with maybe putting a dog like that into competition?
0: Um, well, she was like four years old when I got her. And I think you miss out obviously on a whole lot of proper imprinting and, yeah. and, um, and she had a strong, strong interest in other animals, not just dogs, but yeah. anything that moved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, the deal breaker for me was, uh, I had a, a I had a dog here that I, I I had bread and I had somebody coming over to do an ultrasound an in-home ultrasound to, to see if um, she was pregnant or not. And I said, hold on a second. Let me, um, let me put this, this dog up. And the lady came with her child and the dog got super excited. She looked at the child as um, this infant as a prey object. And I do have grandchildren Um, and they're a little bit older now, but at, at the time I'm like, well, here's the other thing too, to be quite frank, I would take, I'd load her up. I'd take her to training and um, I, I'd work the other dogs and I really had to find it within to, it was almost like going to battle. I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and get Nala out.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I totally, I had to be so on point yeah. with her because if she, well, um, you know, I'll tell you this too. So when I sent her back, um, we had ground transportation come and get her. And I don't know why I didn't mention it. I just assumed, you know, the guy had the, the proper setup and he stuck her in a wire crate. I didn't even think about it. It was like two o'clock in the morning when he picked her up and she ended up, you know, when they had on one of the stops, uh, airing out the dogs, she busted out of the crate and got one of the other dogs that they were just airing. And that was just the type of dog she was. Yeah. So- yeah, if, if I take a dog to, to compete, first of all, it's very important to me that nobody on the field, any um, stewards, deputy judges, uh, I- exhibitors, I don't want to have to worry about them getting bit Yeah, sure. uh, and not only people, but like, you know, I'm, I'm toying around with the idea of going Schutzen with this young pit bull I have and his temperament shows me that if he makes it, he should be perfectly fine. But um, i don't want to chance my dog breaking a long down and going after the working dog. In fact, I just saw that earlier this year at the regional and it was like a Doberman and a shepherd, but uh, the, the long down dog broke and went after, and you know, they separated it real quick and then they went on about their business. And I remember kind of chuckling to myself and I mentioned it to a couple people. Well, it's a good thing. That wasn't one of our dogs, right? Cause yeah. we were bulldog people.
1: Because that would
2: have been the talk of the town. Yeah, of course. for And it would have taken a
1: little more time to separate them too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's the problem. Let's touch
2: on this a little bit because, you know, people get a real big bug up their butt as far as, oh, pit bulls and aggression and all breeds are the same and, you know, BSL and everything else. So kind of explain to us where you come from when you look at the breed and... How they maybe aren't necessarily like other breeds, and they're not just dogs. And tell us a little bit about how preserved, you know, this specific dog that you're looking for—that's probably being bred and, you know, ending up in different areas and rescue too. You know, we get so many pit bulls that all of a sudden are having puppies, and we don't know. Like, tell us how important the American Pitbull Terrier really is to you, if that makes sense.
0: Well, you know, I I come from, and it's from the school of hard knocks, but I, I've learned over time that even if your pit bull is um, really friendly and you take it to dog beach or you take it to dog park or you go on pack walks and all everything goes okay. Um, To me, it's a little disrespectful to the breed because what can happen is you get really comfortable in that place and you have an incident and then you're all upset because the dog acted like what he is. Um, So I, I'm a big advocate for like the little, the little um, pitbull group that I've been doing on, on Saturdays when new people come out, I I tell them they need to bring a crate and it's not a socialization class. And um, although we may bring all the dogs out as a group um, they're never to, to make contact. Now I've changed that just a little bit. If they're really young, like, you know, under six months and they're showing the right stuff you know, maybe we'll practice some recalls. We let them kind of go in and and Mm -hmm. bounce around back, but um, I don't, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure, and I've gotten this, there are people that go, well, you know, maybe you just don't have the right dog or maybe you haven't put the right training in because they can be um, great with other dogs. And I agree. Like uh, mine have been pretty darn good with my own pack um, and certain dogs that we've traveled with on a regular basis, but we, I just don't trust them unsupervised uh, and sometimes even supervised. I I try to, I always discourage people from doing dog parks and, um, and even if I'm, and I don't walk my own dogs that often, but if I have young dogs in and they need to just experience the world and I go for a walk in the neighborhood, I avoid the blocks that have the pitbulls. I love the breed, but when I see them barking behind the fence, I know that they can get through that fence if they want to, you know, and, and during holidays uh, generally kids are home and doors are left open and gates unlatched and um yeah. so I, I just i don't like dog fights i really don't no. like dog fights at all
2: and is it uh, is it your belief that pit bulls can cause more damage than other breeds
0: oh yeah absolutely you yeah. know and and
2: well I, I noel is such she's an
0: incredible human but as a trainer she is, I mean, she's just really phenomenal in what she has done with with her dogs. And I know she's had a, a, a couple squabbles and, and she's worked it out, but um, like Rifle, you know, uh, that, that dog was on a chain, you yeah. know, for the for few years and she's gone out there and, and he's so focused on her and Cliff. He did not lose an ounce of what he is. Yeah, You know, he's, he's a game bred American Pitbull Terrier from a, a very old, um, established, respected bloodline uh and she she connected with him and i think that's what it comes down to yes you really have to have that connection and that responsibility and mutual respect you know dog to you you to dog yeah you really gotta um know what they're capable of and and be prepared to help them not get in trouble yeah, yeah.
2: no i agree with that completely. i can
1: remember um you know, back when we were training together, you had a zero tolerance for dog aggression, human aggression, you know, off the field with your dogs. And if you saw that kind of stuff, you would kind of come to a stop with that dog and that would be mm-hmm. it. That'd be it. You made yeah. sure that the dogs you worked were going to be, you know, behaved appropriately in in all situations, you know, to the best of your ability. And if they weren't capable of that, you didn't put any more training into them, especially biting training you're not going to be teaching a dog to bite that
0: is is, dangerous potentially
1: dangerous you know
0: yeah yeah thanks for mentioning that too and you know it's funny when I first got started um the I I don't know this is how I perceive it anyway um the dogs I had they had a little edge to them and I thought that edge was needed in order to do sport work That they had to have that But then as I continued on and and, and met other people and their dogs, and I realized that, well, for example, one particular dog that I was um, really determined to get a pup from, and I did, if you looked at this little dog, and, and she was this gal's service dog too, she went on planes and restaurants everywhere with her constant companion, a little thing put together with junk parts, not very pretty, very almost timid in a way, but on the field Fire.
2: Yeah.
0: Absolute fire. And I'm like, wow, you really can have it all. Yeah. Um, so you know, the funny thing is back then I, I had the dogs with a little bit of edge, but they bit. Now I'm I'm kind of going a different path with the dogs that I'm I'm selecting. And now I'm kind of waiting for them to see if they're gonna bring a little yeah. bit of fire to the field. The temperaments are are solid, people loving. Um, you know, good food drive, good toy drive, little bit of prey drive, bite the rag a little bit, but I don't know if they're strong enough, you know, to stand up to a man in a, in a blind, you know, or with a stick with a gun. Yeah. Well, it takes
1: a lot more patience the way you're working Mm -hmm. now. And, uh, when you, you know, when I was newer in this, you know, I, I didn't want to wait. I didn't want, I didn't want to invest in a dog for a year. To find out, eh, it just really doesn't have what it takes. I wanted a dog coming out of the chute, biting everything, and I I got what I <laughs> prayed for, and it was not always a blessing. It was not always a good thing. It was a friggin' hassle, you know. And yeah, a lot of people in the sport we were doing, uh, there was, a, and a, again, I can only say it's this macho ego where people love to see a dog that was like really almost like a, a wild animal. Uh, that, that they could actually get a that title. they can on. pass. So yeah. everyone would say, oh my God, that dog. And then dog. everybody
2: wants to breed to that dog.
1: Yeah. And the dog is not good <laughs> for sport. You've just barely worked within the parameters to get the title. And the dog right. is not social and it's a lot of headache. And it's fun to see somebody else have that dog. As long as you yeah. know, but to own one is a lot of work, you know. And, and like
2: it, Larry's saying, it's not necessarily responsible. For no, the it sport. isn't. And the and
1: people that do well in dog sports, they shy away from those dogs immediately. Everyone that does really well, they get a dog that is compliant, that works with them, that they know what they're dealing with, and because they want to actually do well. They, it's not this big thing about I can I can tame a lion. Watch Watch <laughs> me do this. You know.
0: Yeah, but you know what, Scott? I think I think we uh, we've all kind of gone through that. You know, we, we, we didn't want to wait. We wanted that strong dog and they had to show us something early on so we could continue and progress and get on the field as soon as possible. But you're absolutely right. Um, so many of the people, including Al, like he liked the monsters. He had American bulldogs, you know, and they were, were tough, tough dogs. And, you know, he's gotten to a place in, in his head and heart too, where, you know, there's, there's, you're looking for, for balance there and talking about wasting a year on a dog. I got two pups at the same time, a little over two years ago. And, and one washed relatively early, like at six months. Um, the other one I held on to, to a year and a half, and I was kind of determined I was going to make this work. And I'm going to tell you something kind of funny. Um, I could get really good obedience with her at home and, if there was nobody around, but when I would get to the field, and this was a dog I was trying to do Schutzen with, without Al. Um, Al says, you know, Larry, every time you step on the field to do obedience with her, she just, she's not there. She wants to go visit. She's looking and she's distracted. And I go, yeah. I said, but I'm more worried about the bite work. Um, and the bite work was coming along. Okay. Yeah. She wasn't too bad there. And, and he says, well, what about the obedience? And I'm like, I can always force it if I need to. And he goes, not always. And coming from Al that was kind of a big thing because Al's, Al's come a long way as well, too, but he still falls back on the on the older stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for him to tell me with this dog who'd been shaped for you know pretty much the first year of her life, then I started putting a, a little more um pressure on her. And he says, not always. And and that really stuck with me as we progressed. And not only that, but this dog didn't like me. She liked everybody else. And
2: And that's the connection thing you're talking about, you know, that, and if you don't have it, recognizing that is, is better almost for you and for her. And I want to bring up this comment that you made uh, when we were talking before we started, you said, if I wasn't competing, I probably wouldn't own the breed anymore. And can you just kind of unpack that a little bit more for our viewers and listeners so they understand where you're coming from?
0: Sure. You know, um, the old man and I, we're, we're not getting any younger and eventually we're going to be downsizing. And, and we have these grandkids that we're very active with. And, um, so we just want to, we, we want to have animals and keep animals that we don't have to worry about. Yeah. And um, we hear you sister. We're with you. (laughs) Um, I think we'll always have a, some type of bulldog because we both fancy, fancy them. And, um, Just, uh, I I have a little staffy bull that I was blessed with by a a good friend, Joe Fang. Um, and she's a lot of fun. Uh, she is hopefully going to be going for her brevet in January. Um, wonderful with the kids. She's a little bit bossy with the other dogs, but it's more noise than anything. And my husband says, why didn't we get one of these years ago? I know Noel has, has one also.
2: Yeah. I think her Um, daughter, I think it's her daughter's.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. And, and several other people too that, you know, and I've seen them and I see the videos on, on social media and I just never really gave them a whole lot of, um, a lot of, uh, my attention until I had one. And now I'm like,
2: wow, they're This is kind of fun. This is easy, <laughs> the easier. Really fun yeah.
0: And the, the pit bull dogs, I'm not saying they, they can't be a good pets they can be but they're a very big responsibility They're well any dog is a big responsibility as you know but certain breeds yeah. are even
2: more so yeah mouths and, and pit bulls kick you into the next level for oh sure. and and jack terriers by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh god you got one of those two we had shorty oh my god
1: you know i was gonna say before i forget i remember we were working capone one time and i had the suit on and he's just digging into my leg <clears throat> and i said larry uh, out your dog And you're like, oh, no, let him bite. He's really getting in there. He's really looking good. And I said, out your dog for me. And she finally outs the dog. And I take my pants off. I got four big holes in my calf.
2: And you're like, oh, let me get
1: my camera. Quick, let me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You guys are crazy. All right. I got one more final question here for Larry because we got her on. All right. Tell me the best way that we can service um, the preserved American pit bull terrier breed today and um, moving forward. Like what is the best thing that we can do as a society for this breed? Do you think?
1: I think you should get a license to to have one of those.
2: Yeah. It's like a gun. No.
1: Half joking. (laughs)
0: Um, Education. And I think, uh, I think the internet has allowed us to do more of that. Uh, The internet is wonderful on one hand and horrible on another because you get extremes on, on both sides, but I I really think education. And, and again, I'm going to put this with any breed, not just the pit bull. Um, I am not really happy about the number of dogs that are number of pit bull dogs that are, are being bred. Um, I think when people are, Really responsible and just breeding for their family and friends, their selves. Uh, that's one thing. But when you see them advertised, and these are oftentimes responsible, show quality um, uh, breedings, you know, so they are promoting them. They're, yeah. they're doing all the testing, they're doing all the showing so they can advertise them in Dog World or et cetera. But I'll tell you this like the majority of people that are working their pit bull dogs. They have they have a, a, a list of people that are currently training or trying to train a, a pit bull dog that's waiting for that. You don't see them advertising. Yeah. They don't need to advertise. So there's a big difference between the, the show, the work uh, and the traditional bred dogs so well, and we're seeing so
2: many in rescue so many of you know different uh mixes and stuff and there's real pit bull you know genetics heading into rescue and that's heartbreaking too you know what i mean it's, it it's not it's not fair to the breed at all yeah and i would say
1: the same thing with the working malinois where you know you, when i see breeders that are breeding good strong malinois advertising these dogs on pet finder and all these different places it's crazy because Craigslist, Craigslist, all kinds mm-hmm. of different places. And, if you um, don't
2: have a list of people that want your dogs, you shouldn't be breeding your I think dogs. That,
1: that You don't know who you're selling the dog to, and just yeah. because someone says I have a fenced yard and uh, yeah. you know I'm, they need really more gonna...
2: than they need more than that.
1: Yeah, I
0: just yeah. yeah it, and if I can add to because <clears throat> this one hits kind of close to home, if you um, if you are a breeder of, of any any particular breed and you and you sell your dog, for me. Um, at any point in that life, at Comes any back. point in life, if it doesn't work out, I'll take him back. Yes.
2: That is responsible I, breeding. I, yeah. I'm not saying I'm gonna buy him
0: back, yeah. but I'll take him back. Now if it's a, a health issue or something like that, I, I'll make it right for you. But, um,
2: but you were responsible for bringing that dog here and that dog's your responsibility in a certain way. So no, I appreciate that. And And
0: that's why I don't breed because I feel
2: (laughs) the same way as you. I don't (laughs) want any dogs back. (laughs) Larry, thank you so much. Not only for everything that you do in the breeding world, but for pit bulls and for everything you've given to training. And I guess for even getting my husband started on the path, because if (laughs) he wasn't into dogs, I would never have found him. So thank you Uh, truly. I mean, she, Larry does more for the dog world than, I can even explain in, you know, four podcasts really. Yeah,
1: we didn't even get into the the judging you've done and yeah, internationally. You're just been, such a badass. Yeah.
2: Just thank you really for Thanks. being a badass and thank you for what you do and thank you for your honesty and your time because it is important to not just fluff up a breed just to fluff them up. Like we have to be authentic in what we see. Border collies are strong dogs. mouths are strong dogs. Pitbulls are strong dogs. Own what you, you know, if you want something own what you own. Know what you That's have. It. Yeah, know what you have is know even what better. You have. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a great um, rest of December, guys. We have a few more episodes left. We're going to have Dog of the Year, the very last episode of 2021. And in the meantime, keep it quirky. Thanks, Larry. Thank you.
0: Bye, guys. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.